0: Welcome, everyone, to the trade deadline edition of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I'm your host, Hayden Grove, joined, as always, by our Cavaliers beat reporter for Cleveland.com, Mr. Chris Fedor. And Chris, I understand you are in Chicago. We are getting ready for the trade deadline, which will be tomorrow. We are recording this on March 24th, and obviously the 25th is a trade deadline. We have a lot to talk about.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, we sure do. Um... I mean in my time we're less than twenty-four hours away. It's unbelievable to think about. It's finally here.
0: Yeah, it, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be it would be our time too? Would it be you're an hour behind?
1: Yeah, and it's past the buzzer at this point.
0: Right, right, right. But like we're way past the buzzer over here.
1: No, you're not. Over there you're four minutes past the buzzer.
0: Yeah, you said less than twenty-four hours and your that's what I'm confused. It's it's yeah, less, than less than twenty-four,
1: than 24 hours.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Good point. All right. I was a little confused there. You make <laughs> that's a good point. All right, I got it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. I, I, I understand now. Okay. Nobody
1: told Hayden there was going to be math on
0: the podcast. No, every time math is involved, just just <laughs> knock punch me in the face, knock me out, and, and get it over with. <laughs> Uh, I just can't do it. Numbers are not my friend. Okay, so, yes, less than 24 hours until the uh, until the uh, trade deadline uh, in the NBA, which will be again Thursday at 3 p.m. Wherever you are or no, it'd be 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Yes. Okay. good. All right. I'm I'm trying to make it work. Anyways, (laughs) um, it looks as though it looks as though the Cavaliers are having a lot of trouble trying to move Andre Drummond. Um. This is something we've talked about consistently from, you know, at least the point where, no, we've talked about this throughout the entire offseason. We've talked about this, you know, yeah. throughout the season. And obviously when they decided to make the move to not play him anymore, um, we talked about a trade, but it looks like, again, it looks like it could very well be a buyout. Uh, I just saw a report from somebody on Twitter, I I will try to get that name shortly, that it's likely to be a buyout. Um, And I'm sure, Chris, you can echo that for sure. It's just, it's kind of, it's got to be disappointing for the Cavaliers who, you know, really were hoping to get something out of him. Um, And it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen.
1: I mean, look, it's the same situation that it has been all along. If you think about it, over the last month, ever since they sat him down after that Portland game, um, the complications remain and the Cavs never really had this idea, Hayden, that they were going to get some big offer for Andre Drummond. Look at what they gave up in order to get him in the first place. Um, but they were hoping to get an asset or two, if they could, for Andre. Um, but I wrote at the very beginning of all of this, when they decided to sit him down after that Portland game, that it was going to be tougher than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that there's not interest in him. There is interest in him. Um I've been told that the Cavs have had deep conversations with multiple teams about Andre to this point, including one of them in the Eastern Conference. And I think there are like four different teams that are logical fits for Andre that would love to keep him away from the Los Angeles Lakers in the buyout market. Mm -hmm. Um, But his number is so high. So like any team that is going to trade for Andre except for the New York Knicks because of their salary cap situation, any other team that's going to trade for Andre is going to have to find 25 million to $28 million in outgoing salary. That's not easy, man. Yeah, It's not easy because, one, you want those players on your team if you're going to try and make a run for a postseason. Or, two, it's not easy because the Cavs, if the contract is bad and it extends beyond this season – the Cavs aren't going to want those contracts back in return. They'd rather have salary cap space, which is what will happen if they move on from Andre in a different kind of way. So it's not a level of interest. There's interest around the NBA in Andre. And I think there are teams that would meet the Cavs' asking price. Um, I just think it's it's the the number of teams that are logical trade fits that also meet the salary parameters is very, very small.
0: Yeah, that seems to be. Yeah, exactly right. It's all about. You know, it's not about interest, about salary, but. um, You know, there's reports going on. Our our friend Brian Windhorst um, just said that he believes that Andre Drummond is in Los Angeles, so um maybe by tomorrow he could uh, be staying there um you know via the buyout market i mean there have been reports linking him to the brooklyn nets there have been reports linking him to the los angeles lakers uh um, the mavericks have been involved but you know the problem with those teams is, is as you said the salary the salary just doesn't make sense and i think you know while they're interested and they, they would just gladly wait until he's bought out so that he can make a uh he can make a decision for himself but um you know, for the Cavaliers again, a team that's trying to get assets, a team that's trying to you know position itself better in the future and the present, I suppose. it's just it's something that um, I can't say that they didn't expect it, but I think you know, I think that they expected better from this.
1: Mm, I don't know about that, honestly no. no, i don't I don't think they had like delusions of grandeur when it okay. came to this sort of situation. Um, again, I, I think from the very beginning, If you followed my reporting, um, there was an understanding from the Cavs that it was going to be complicated. Mm -hmm. And there was an understanding from the Cavs that they didn't have a lot of leverage in this situation. To be honest with you, Hayden, the best leverage that the Cavs have when it comes to Andre and and trying to find a trade partner and look like they still believe. um, I was talking to multiple people inside the organization over the last couple of days and the common response that I continue to get when it comes to, will you have to buy out Andre or will you find a trade? The common response has been it's 50, 50, Chris. It's, Mm. it's, it's a toss up. Um, they still believe, um, that they're probably going to take this thing down to the wire, the three o'clock Eastern time buzzer, and they're going to try, they're going to try and find that trade partner that makes the most sense for them. Um, the best leverage that they have in this entire situation when it comes to trying to trade for Andre as opposed to buying him out is basically letting everybody know around the NBA. (laughs) Like, if you're competing with the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, if you have that realistic goal, do you honestly want to now compete with the Los Angeles Lakers with Andre as the starting center? If you're a team like the Dallas Mavericks and you're in the Western Conference and you're thinking about potentially meeting the Lakers in the playoffs. Like, do you wanna see the Lakers with Andre as the starting center? Because that's going to be the reality if you, Dallas, don't try and trade for him, right? If you're a team like the Miami Heat, okay, like, and you get to the finals again and face the Lakers again, do you wanna face the Lakers with or without Andre Drummond? You know, so like the best leverage that the Cavs have in this situation is an understanding from the rest of the NBA, or a belief, I should say, a belief from the rest of the NBA, that he is going to the Lakers in a buyout situation. And they're tough enough to beat as it is, and toss him as the starting center, and it becomes nearly impossible if they're fully healthy.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, fully healthy is certainly something that that the Lakers are wishing that they were right now. Right. Obviously, Superman, LeBron James uh, went out with an ankle injury that looked pretty gruesome. He's out for an indefinite amount of time. AD still struggling. So, I mean certainly that they would they would love to you know bring in Andre and, and maybe during this little lull that they're having maybe he would be able to put up you know the points and the and the rebounds and the you know the numbers that he's accustomed to putting up and the numbers that he tried to, and he was putting up with Cleveland for a little while. Uh the Cavaliers get the Lakers on Friday so that will be a LeBronless game I am fairly certain. Um yeah. and Maybe it will be a game where Andre Drummond plays for the Lakers against the Cavaliers. That would that would be quite the debut for Andre Drummond <laughs> to think about on. this.
1: Yeah. Think about this, Hayden. Los Angeles starting center so far this year, because AD doesn't start at center. He's a power yes. forward. 4.8 points per game, 4.0 rebounds per game, Oof. and 43.5% from the field. That's the level of production that the Lakers are getting from their starting center. And Before while Wards. getting that production, we were all assuming that they were the championship favorites, right? Because they have LeBron and because they have AD. So now, even though Andre has warts, right? And, and he can yeah. be a complicated fit. You know, <clears throat> Give him to LeBron and AD and the Lakers, a team that a lot of people felt like was the best team in the NBA to begin with. And all of a sudden, he boosts that production more. And if he can buy into his role, and if he can understand his role, and if he doesn't swallow possessions the way that he did here in Cleveland, like, mm-hmm. they just, they look
0: a lot different, I would say. Yes, they do. Absolutely. I mean, I've always been a big Marcus Hall fan. Definitely still am. But I mean, he's yeah. he's, he's up there. He's 36. and Yeah, he's 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> but in, the same in, topic, in basketball
1: yeah. years, it's kind of like dog years—you add a bunch to it.
0: Yeah, well, I guess uh, if if Marcus is a hundred years old, then LeBron's a hundred years old too, because they're the same age at thirty-six, which is pretty <laughs> incredible and pretty remarkable to think about—that LeBron can still be the best player in the NBA while, um, you know, Marcus all not so much, but. <laughs> It's it's all good, um, but like I said, it could be an interesting reunion for the Cav- for the Cavaliers and Andre Drummond if he does decide to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers if he is bought out. Still a lot of ifs, but like I said, we have about um, about a little less than twenty four hours until the NBA trade deadline, so um, we will see how that goes. But there are more Cavaliers that definitely you know maybe not as as talked about on the trade market as maybe Andre Drummond was just because he's a, you know, bigger name and whatnot. But uh, certainly Jetty Osman's name has been brought up. Uh, JaVale McGee's name has been brought up. Um, and <laughs> for oh. for all intents and purposes, and maybe, you know, we talked about this last week, Larry Nance Jr.'s name has been brought up for goodness <laughs> knows what reason. And I don't think that would ever happen. But um, what are you hearing, Chris, about any of the other um uh, potential moves to be made with the Cavaliers. I mean, I don't obviously I don't think you're gonna get a ton for either JaVale or um or Jetty Osman if they were to go down that road. But what are you hearing from
1: that? Well so here's the thing. Like I think we have to start here Aiden. Um and I wrote this the other day, when was it? It was probably about two weeks ago when I wrote this. There are no untouchables on this roster. They don't have Giannis they don't have LeBron right they don't have that caliber player. At the same time Like, the Cavs have identified the core of this group moving forward. And the one thing that we have seen from Kobe Altman in the almost 20 trades that he has made in season, he has not broken up the core of this team. Correct. It's all been moves on the outside. It's all been adding to the core the way that he did with Jared Allen or draft picks. Or it's been trading away Jordan Clarkson or trading away Dante Axum, whatever the case may be. Um, He has not traded, to this point, he has not traded away a core piece of this team. So, sure. even though they have no untouchables, you know, Jared Allen is the closest thing that the Cavs have to an untouchable. And then Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro are part of the core of this moving forward. And Larry Nance Jr. is considered a core piece as well. Um, and I think people can disagree with that. And people can say, no, he shouldn't be a core member of this team. He's more of a high-level role player, however you want to classify him. But it would take a lot, a lot, for the Cavs to move on from Larry Nance Jr. Um, so then you yeah, start talking so as about you said the last week,
0: As you said last week, uh, you know, Kobe Altman would be fired on the spot. He'd fire right. himself. He wouldn't be able to... Uh... He would have to trade
1: himself in that deal.
0: Yes, he would have to trade himself in that trade, and, and he would not be welcome in the city of Cleveland ever again. You know, just because of everything that Larry Nance is doing for the city of Cleveland and his hometown this year, it's been great. But certainly, I think that I think he definitely is a he definitely is you know an advanced role player. But I think you you need an advanced role player at times. Um, you know, if you're for a core member of a team. Like that's that's something that you know that championship teams have. They have core members, and they or they have a core member that's maybe a guy who's a little versatile and who is more of of a role guy than um, you know than a starter per se. But I think that I think absolutely Larry Nance is that guy for the Cavaliers, and I think he absolutely is a core member of the
1: team. Well, the other thing is his age, his experience, his knowledge yeah. gained over the last couple of years. There's so many kids on this roster, Hayden. Yep. It's why we see the inconsistency that we see. And it's why you have a game where, you know, you play so well against the Boston Celtics, right? And then you can't follow that up. Or you play so well against the Toronto Raptors and you can't follow that up. It's like they are asking so much of kids to carry this load because, you know, Kevin Love has been sidelined and Matthew Dellavedova has been sidelined. And, and usually... The the teams that are going through rebuilds, that are trying to take that next step in the rebuild, Hayden, you know this, those teams have veterans to support them, right? Yep. veterans to take some of that pressure off of those young guys. If you think about some of the games that the Cavs won at the beginning of last season, there weren't many. We understand that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those were because of Kevin Love and Jordan Clarkson and guys like that you know what i mean yeah. like those are the kinds of guys that you lean on that make more of a difference when it comes to winning and losing andre drummond in the second half of the season after they traded for him in february um if the cavs were to move larry nance junior like who are they going to get that fills that kind of role while kevin love stays sideline with this calf soreness at some point you just have too many kids Yes, um, and you need agree. a better balance of veterans and kids. And it's it's hard, I think, for the Cavs to sit here and justify, um, and and answer these phone calls from these teams that are offering, you know, a combination of young players and draft picks for Larry Nance Jr. Like, how do you sell that to J.B. Bickerstaff? Right. How does that make you competitive? How does that help you? How is that better? than Larry Nance Jr. I, I don't see how it is. So that's why that's, I think it would be yeah. really hard for the Cavs to say yes to that kind of deal.
0: Yeah, it just, you're right. There there, there, there was something that Zach Lowe of uh, of ESPN threw out. Um, Larry Nance Jr. to Phoenix for Jalen Smith, Javon Carter, lottery protected first. And uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, but no. <laughs> just,
1: just no. Right, Definitely. like... I- I don't know how that makes the Cavs better both in the short term and long term if you're trying to balance the two, right? right?
0: Yep. Um, we talked a little bit about Larry Nance Jr., but also um, I wanted to mention Jetty. I mean, Jetty's a name that, you know, obviously a little bit more of a veteran for the Cavaliers just given their youth, but I mean, I just don't know what he would bring you on the trade market. If, and I don't know what team would really, you know, I, I don't know how... The market would be for him right now.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, this one is is complicated because I do think he has value. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Um, there are like two positions. Brian Winhurst wrote this for ESPN the other day, and it was really smart and it was really well done. There are like two positions that are kind of driving this this trade market. Obviously, one is power forward. You hear Aaron Gordon, you hear John Collins. Uh-huh. Um, the other one is like a two-way wing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Every team in the NBA is looking for guys like Jetty, maybe not Jetty himself, but guys like Jetty who could fill that kind of role. Okay. So let's say a team strikes out and can't get Thaddeus Young, right? And let's say a team strikes out and can't get, uh, I'm trying to think of another one off the top. Okay. Kelly Oubre Jr. You know, there's obviously a hierarchy of these things. We've talked about this a number of times, and there are levels to good in the NBA. Right. But but if one of these potential two-way wings uh, doesn't get moved or the cost is too high, then I do think Jetty kind of comes into play. Because, one, he's got starting experience. Two, um, his contract is incredibly friendly. I mean, how many guys do you find in the NBA that can help you? And I think, again, we can have a conversation about how much Jetty helps you, but can come in and help you immediately that are making like $8 million a year and the salary declines over the life of it. Right. So if you're a team like Brooklyn, by way of example, and you have, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's not going to play for you for the rest of this season, he's taking up a roster spot. Um, You know that he's not going to help you in your playoff push. Would you be willing then to consider giving up a guy who's not going to help you for somebody who you think can be part of your rotation? Mm -hmm. Because if you're honest about it, because of how much money Brooklyn's big stars make, they've got to find guys that can help them they got to find guys that can give them minutes. That's why they went out in the buyout market with Blake Griffin. That's why they've added Amon Shumpert. That's why they've tried Norvell Pell and and some of these other dudes. Because they just need bodies. They need playable bodies. And I think at this point in time, you can say that somebody like Jetty is a playable body, also with starting experience, and he can play either the three or the four. So, I, I, again, I don't think the Cavs could get a lot for Jetty. I think we understand his limitations and his flaws, but that's kind of where he comes into play in this trade market. Definitely understandable. Definitely understandable on all those accounts. I mean, uh, the Warriors the- are the same kind of team that would fit Jetty. I think the Los Angeles Lakers are the same kind of team that would fit Jetty. Now, again, like it all comes down to salaries and can you make the salaries match? Um, but, But there's a place for him, I think, in this trade market. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing, Hayden, is like if the Cavs have to get creative with an Andre trade, and we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks at least, there is a belief within the Cavs organization that it might have to be a three-team trade or a four-team trade, and you Mm -hmm. have to get creative. Well, then Jetty becomes that, quote-unquote, like, sweetener to entice the third team or entice the fourth team, whatever the case may be.
0: Yes, that completely. And um, I did want to get at JaVale McGee, too, because that's a piece that a lot of teams could use. Obviously, you know, we're talking about big men, and and that's kind of what Brian – I mean, I guess JaVale's not really a four, but – um, certainly, to help certain teams. We talked about the Brooklyn Nets, but the, the same kind of teams that would would be interested in Andre Drummond. Um, I mean, where do you see the market for, for for Javale? I mean, do you see the Cavs making him or getting getting or getting anything for him, trading him anywhere? Or do you think he's been valuable enough to the team in Cleveland that they would
1: keep him for the rest of the year? I mean, I think it depends on the offer, right? Yeah, I think it depends on that entirely. Um, I have said from the very beginning, Hayden, that I think I think JaVale is easier to trade. Yeah, for sure. His number is lower. It's an expiring contract. He Much fits- Much easier to trade, yeah. Oh my God, he fits how many different trade exceptions for yeah. a team? Um, you don't have to break up your roster, essentially, or give away pieces that are helping you in order to get JaVale. Yeah. Um, I think there are a number of teams that are interested. I've heard Portland, Boston Celtics are logical, make a lot of sense. Bring back Tristan. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're bringing back Tristan, but, (laughs) you know, the Miami Heat, I think they're logical as well. Um, Cavs don't want a lot. They just want, like, a second-round pick for JaVale. Right, which makes sense. But um, the thing that I reported the other night is that the Cavs are not interested in a buyout. Um, They're looking at this, again, things can always change in the NBA. A team's stance can change as well. Maybe the Cavs do trade Andre Drummond and they get a center back in that deal or something like that. Who knows, It it could change the setup. Just like the arrival of Jared Allen kind of changed things for Andre Drummond. Right. Like if the Cavs were to get a center back, I don't know who it would be, but if they were, that could change things. But as of now, they're looking at this as trade JaVale or keep him throughout the remainder of this season because he is an asset. You know, yeah. he's the yep. only backup center that they have. Yep. Kevin Love doesn't love playing center. Larry Inch Jr. doesn't love playing center. So JaVale can take those non Jared Allen minutes. Um, He's also been really, really helpful as a mentor to Jared Allen. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also been helpful to a mentor or as a mentor to a lot of their younger players as well. Um, A lot of people call JaVale the voice of the team, one of the leaders on the team. So he's been been good for them. Um, He's given them everything they thought he would give. Uh, He hasn't been consistently good. He has moments that, as Jared Allen called them earlier this morning, JaVale moments that make you sit there and scratch your head. That's going to come with him all the time. I think every team that is interested in him understands that those moments are going to come. The Cavs knew they were going to have to deal with those moments when they traded for him this past offseason. But a veteran with championship experience who can start or come off the bench... Yeah, I mean, I think that's valuable to a team like Portland, to a team like Boston, Miami, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, even. like You could make a case that JaVale could fit a lot of different teams.
0: Yes, I mean, certainly a a valuable piece. Um, Speaking of your reporting, I do want to get this in there. You need to sign up for Chris's subtext. He will get you that reporting straight to your phone. Uh, All the insight, analysis, news, notes that you need from the Cleveland Cavaliers sent straight to your phone. All you have to do is go to cleveland.com slash Cavs, and you will see a blue banner at the top. You click it, and the rest is history. So, again, go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. There's a blue banner at the top of the page. You will sign up there, all the uh, information that you need to get that reporting. Again, $3.99 a month. And that is a two-week free trial, 14-day free trial when you sign up. So, again, $3.99 a month after that two-week free trial. But what better time to use or to to sign up than right now uh, with all this Cavaliers trade talks happening with, you know, potential moves coming up before the trade deadline tomorrow. Uh, You will hear everything that Chris is hearing from the – from his sources within the building and around the league. So, again, three ninety nine dollars a month. Go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and you will get all of the Cavaliers' news, notes, information, inside analysis, all of it right to your phone. Um, Chris, with – you know, I, I kind of want to put you on the spot a little bit here, as I like to do from time to time. Okay. Uh, all right. So, let's go – I'm going to go player by player here, and I'm not going to name every player on the roster – because I think that's dumb, but let's go player by player and give me, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you to give me a number or a percentage of possibility that this player is, is a Cavalier by Friday. Okay. All right. We'll start with, we'll start with Andre Drummond. Obviously it's not going to be, he's not going to be a Cavalier by Friday, but what, what is the chance that he gets traded as opposed to bought out?
1: Again, everybody that I talk to inside the organization continues to say 50-50, and that's kind of been where I've been landing for the last month. Um, There's another thing here, too, and this was a player brought this to my attention, and it, it was an interesting point. I haven't had an opportunity yet to fully research this, but how many players that get bought out go on then to get big contracts? Think about that. Like There is a stigma attached to guys that get bought out for the remainder of their career. Andre Drummond is still young. He's got quite a resume, rebounds, block shots, steals, he's made a lot of money throughout the course of his career. Yep. But a player brought it up that if Andre gets bought out and he's going into free agency— I mean, what's his next contract going to look like?
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think it's going to be a big one. Um, you know, he could even get a prove it deal, you know, maybe a one-year thing. Um, but also, I mean, but again, he is valuable. He he's, he can still play, Chris. I mean, that's the thing. He can still play. Yeah. teams are going to sh- teams are going to see that he can still play. So, Yeah. I get you that I don't think it's going to be a I don't think he's going to be the a saw, you know, super sought after player in this, you know, free agency offseason, but um, I mean, I think he could get a decent deal. I, ju- I think you're right. I just don't. I don't think there's ever like a huge contract that is associated with a buyout player.
1: Yeah. So that's the thing. Like on one,
0: hand if you're buying, if you're because bottom line, and I get, I get the Cavaliers' situation is different. But if you're buying someone out to like essentially pay them to not, to, to part ways with them, then they're probably not like overly valuable. Like they're valuable right. certainly, but
1: they're not like okay, we need this guy to you know to compete or whatever. Right. So that's the thing. Like, on one hand, I think Andre would love a buyout because yeah. it would allow him to get to the Los Angeles Lakers, where there's a starting center job just waiting for him. Yes. Or maybe maybe Brooklyn, because I don't want to rule out Brooklyn either in a buyout market, but one of those kinds of teams where he has an opportunity to ring chase, right? So that's one hand. On the other hand, I think Andre would rather be traded because— Your reputation takes a hit if you're bought out because if a team values you enough to trade for you, then maybe that's attached to you more. So, like, if Dallas trades for him, then he goes into this offseason coming off of a trade, not coming off of a minimum salary buyout. And I just, I mean, I think it would be really, really hard for Andre Going into this offseason, coming off of a buyout and then trying to convince teams that he's worth something more than, you know, the minimum contract that he got in the buyout. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he's a mid-level player. Like there was a time this year, Hayden, that Andre was telling teammates that he was going to get the max this offseason. Really? That he was a max player. (laughs) I mean, how do you how do you angle for that kind of deal if you were just bought out
0: yeah I don't think you can there's no I, way I don't think you can
1: so so like is is that his reality if he gets bought out that he's going to be a minimum player for the rest of his career right uh,
0: apparently I mean unless again unless he he proves it and and you know earns that big contract again
1: yeah just so, just hard it just is really really hard. Um but, but 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 I think at the end of the day I I I think it's going to end in a buyout. I just I can't find the team that that has the components that is motivated enough to do it.
0: All right, so 50 50 with Andre Drummond. Uh, let's go next to our buddy Jetty Osman. Let's do Jetty Osman. Percent chance that he gets moved on Thursday.
1: Mm. You know, I'll put it at like Okay. Not insignificant. Not an insignificant number. 35%. No. But still, you know,
0: plenty of chance that he's not traded. I think that's fair. Um, Larry Nance Jr.
1: Zero. I mean, like 5%, something like that. You know, the only deal that I think makes any sense for the Cavs when it comes to Nance is if they were trying to accumulate salary and assets in a blockbuster deal that nets them a star-type player. Yeah. One, that doesn't exist in this market. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think they're there, right.
1: And two, the Cavs aren't in that place to get there.
0: Right. Yep. So, I uh, mean,
1: the, the only other package that would be... So, if Miami is interested in Nance, or Minnesota is interested, interested in Nance, or... You know, the, the the Phoenix Suns are interested in Nance. It's because they're trying to make a playoff push. Right. Like, they're not giving you help now Super- players. Right. And they're not giving you superstars. Correct. They're giving you some combination of young players and picks. And I just don't think there's a strong enough package like that that the Cavs would say yes to.
0: Yep. I would say zero percent for Illinois. Yeah, so like
1: I've I've been told Hayden in the past never say never, so I don't want to do that. So I'll I'll bump it up to five percent.
0: All right, fair enough. Um, and then finally we'll do JaVale McGee.
1: Yeah, I think this one's growing actually. Probably sixty percent right. that he's gone. Okay. So the
0: only person over fifty percent, pretty much, on this Cavaliers team would be JaVale no. McGee.
1: I mean, German's gone. Everybody knows oh, yeah, that,
0: yeah, right? Right, right. That's yes, but it's just but a matter trading, of how traded is different, right? Yeah. Okay. Is he being bought out or is he being traded? That's right. yeah. It's one hundred percent that he's gone. It's just a matter of how he's gone. But with Cheval, um the tradeo meter is at fifty or sixty percent.
1: I think so. Yeah, right. because like I said, the Cavs are not interested in a buyout when it comes to Cheval.
0: No, absolutely. All right. Well. I guess by this time tomorrow, we will know. We will know what has happened. Uh, we will understand a little bit more about the Cavaliers moving, moving moving forward. And I think Chris, and again, I know that the Cavaliers are, you know, have a little bit of a tough stretch here, going to L.A., going to Sacramento, and so, you know, busy travel for you. But I think we're going to try to sneak in a second, um, kind of a reaction to the NBA trade trade deadline podcast. Yeah. So we will we will work on that for you all. Um, And we will play it by ear because, again, you know, things move fast in the NBA and certainly the trade deadline will be exciting for or it might not be exciting. You know, we've had years where it kind of doesn't pan (laughs) out. But for the Cavaliers and the history of the Cleveland Cavaliers, there have been some pretty big, pretty significant trade deadline moves that they have made. So I expect tomorrow in one way or another to be at least a little bit active for them. Um, And then once we have a once we have a sense of what they do at the trade deadline, then we can talk about, okay, what's going to happen the rest of the season? you know, how are they, how are we, you know, evaluating this team now? I think because, again, if things look a lot different or even a little different, you know, it'll be uh, a different way to evaluate. So we will work on that for sure. Um, yep. Until then, Chris, is there anything that you want to discuss before uh, tomorrow's trade deadline?
1: No, man, I don't think so.
0: Okay. All right. Should so should interesting.
1: We're... Like, here's the other thing, Hayden. Yeah. Like, in, in some ways, the Cavs, I guess there is something that I still want to discuss.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: I guess so (laughs) in some ways yeah like the Cavs are kind of at the center of this trade discussion because Andre Drummond everybody wants to know what's going to happen with him and then JaVale McGee but it's not like the Toronto Raptors right Toronto all of a sudden has Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell who could be available it's not like the New Orleans Pelicans who have Lonzo Ball who could be available or the Orlando Magic, who have Aaron Gordon, the Boston Celtics who are looking for Aaron Gordon or looking for Harrison Barnes or something along those lines. So, like, yeah, the Cavs are kind of at the center of it, but, like, they don't have the most coveted players here yeah. in the trade deadline going into it. So, from that standpoint, I think it's going to be more muted. The, the, the big move has already been made for the Cavs. Yes. They acquired so, Jared Allen. They're not going to do better than that. They're not going to do anything more significant than that. No, they're not.
0: No, they're not. The Jared Allen was huge. That's I mean, that's the trade of the season. So yeah. uh, unless something crazy happens tomorrow. But I don't, you know, we'll see. I guess we will see. Um, but like I said, until then, be sure to uh, follow Chris on Subtext. Sign up for a Subtext. three ninety nine dollars a month. All you have to do is go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. And you will see a blue banner at the top of the page, and you can fill out all of your information there. And once you do that, you will get all of Chris's uh, news, insights, analysis um, before it goes to Twitter, before it goes to Cleveland.com. So be sure to sign up. 14-day free trial, $3.99 a month after that. And what better time to sign up than the NBA trade deadline, one of the more exciting times of the year for, um, for NBA fans. So we will see what the Cavaliers do tomorrow, and plan on us. Um, plan on giving us a listen after after the trade deadline as well. We will uh, you know, recap everything that happened, be it just with the Cavaliers and the NBA in general. Uh, in the meantime, Chris, enjoy Chicago. Safe travels to Los Angeles without LeBron, without AD, and um, safe travels to Sacramento. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yep. So we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining us on this NBA trade deadline edition of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. We will talk to you very, very soon. Take care.